Good afternoon, good day, good night, wherever you are. This is Unleashed Unapologetically. And with me this evening, I have Jill. Jill comes from an elementary education career of over 25 years. And she has been there for some times. And I was relating with Jill as well as we talk how I as well is in the education field. And I think, you know, it's so empowering when we are able to educate and teach young children and help them grow. So during that time of her educational um, lifestyle, <laughs> she received a great deal of professional development, including kinesiology, learning styles, such as kinesthetics. Jill has done a lot of personal growth work particularly with self-esteem, self-worth, attachment wounds, developmental emotional trauma. Jill mixes her creativity and love tech, love tech, <laughs> to her skills to help retired women to heal old emotional wounds, identify their heart's desire to live a life they love, and to live a legacy true to who they really are. So Jill, welcome to the platform. How are you? I'm doing well and thank you for having me on here. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So you started in the education and pivoted to coaching. So how, well, first of all, what got you to become a teacher what inspired you to become a teacher and then from there i guess you'll be able to answer and then to be pivoted as a coach how did that journey start well i think it went back to a first grade teacher and a fourth grade teacher who just took that little bit of extra time with me i was a late bloomer and like i said low self-esteem and they saw my worth and they kind of held it for me until I was able to. And uh, that meant a lot to me. So when I hit college and I was trying to decide what's the major going to be, I said, well, I guess it's been in front of me all along. And um, so I started the career. And just as a side note, I have four grown sons. So I had plenty of kids all around my life. <laughs> And um, I was in teaching. I started my family actually before I went full-time into teaching. And about 10 years into my career, I just realized my heart wasn't quite there. Mm -hmm. um, I was able to do the job in different ways. I connected with different kids, but I really found that I needed, wanted to share my faith in what I was teaching. and that I really liked working with adults, adult women in particular. And so I started to um, write and uh, lead and be a main speaker for women's retreats. And we held them at a, a local church. They ran about 24 hours long. And that just really, really just touched my heart. And I just felt like I had a, a calling for it. And um, matter of fact, I, uh, my my co my pastor knew that I really wanted to do some be connected with a woman's event, and she gave a sample retreat for us. But the next year, my heart was longing to do it, and it was right around this time of year. And I read a book called The Art of the Fresh Start. It's by Glenna Salisbury, 
it's a pretty old book. You, you can find it on Amazon if you really want. And um, it was all about uh, having resolutions that lasted. In other words, instead of short form things, you went way down inside and really found out what you were made out of before you were trying to do any changes in your life. And I, I went to bed one night and I woke up the next morning with a uh, a trifold pamphlet front and back completely laid out in my head and I had the graphic skills to be able to do it all I needed was one little quote from the book and I knew exactly where it was and and I, I put it out there and you have to know I'm a I'm a pretty quiet personality and mm -hmm. to think about me getting up there in front I remember my I went to pitch it to my pastor to see if she'd you know, would approve me doing it. And she said, well, who's going to be the main speaker? And I said, I am. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, but the thing of it is, is when, it, when it's a calling and it's something that you know, God's asking you to do, you have the stuff to do it when the time is right. And when I stepped in front of the women, the, the teacher part of me just kicked in and it knew how to do it. And, uh, and so I, I finished my career trying to hold my pension in place, but couldn't wait till I got get out of school and, and could do this more, more and more. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing. And I, I love how you said, you know, sometimes when you get into it, when you get the calling, you just have to, to do it. You know, it just because you feel it, you sense it. It's in your being. And that's yeah. what the calling is. You know, it's in your being. There's nothing you can do about that. <laughs> right? You just have to get up and do the work. <laughs> it, it, it's funny. I was teaching a class this week called No Regrets. And we did a, we did a run through of our life and what lessons we'd learned at various points in our life. And as I look back at my whole life, I could see how this pattern had been developing to bring me to this point. And the hardest things I went through had given me the most skills to be able to, to, to offer to other women. So mm -hmm, it, it, was mm -hmm. a, it was an eye opener. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's beautiful when we get to, you know, through the, the, the journeys, through what we experiencing in life, we get to build skills, you know, acquire new skills knowing things we never knew before yep that's, yeah that's, that's exciting and and i think if you've been on the journey for a while you do know that sometimes in the middle of it you want to say please please no but <laughs> but, um, but but you know if you stick it through you you'll be all right on the other yes. side and, yes yeah absolutely and i'm hearing you earlier when you were talking from first grade to fourth grade um, how you had teachers who had to, who were kind of backing you up um, because at that point of your life, you did not believe in yourself. You had no self-esteem and you yeah. didn't believe in your worth. Like you weren't sure of who you are. And then for you to grow into becoming an educator and inspiring others, I mean, it sounds so great. You know, it sounds so powerful you know, to know that sometimes it takes us from the low for us to rise up so we could be where we are and be the persons that we are now.
tell us your experiences when you started into coaching women in general. How did you start, how did you get to empower many women to have them following you? Um, what I what I did was um, I played around with a few different Facebook um, pages. I kind of played with some different names. I didn't know whether to do the artwork or the women's work, and threw out a little of both. And another page would allow us to do a Facebook Live. You know, five minutes, tell your name and where you're from. And I got my feet wet. And then I hired a, a coach for about two and a half years. And she took me through some things. Uh, she experimented with the art line and I put my art in, in, a, in a local gallery for a while. And then I decided, no, I missed the women too much. And so we, we set up various activities so that um, I could do discovery calls and I would record them and then she'd I'd send them to her and she'd evaluate them and we'd go back again and we'd practice alive and you know I did like about 80 Facebook lives myself once I got my own page going and you know at first I started with another page that was helpful and I got about 25 people and then I brought them over to my page and you know you just keep keep growing like that and I have an incredibly loyal page some of them are people that I've known for over 25 years and some I've just met online so um, I just keep growing with there and and then reaching out and started to, to do some coaching and, and I've had some really unique people but the thing of it is even with my own self-esteem growth, my teacher piece is what really helped me to grow finally, to get that self-esteem, to get that self-worth. I kind of know it was in there, but I couldn't really stand on it. And I, I said to us, my therapist one day, I said, in school, I was a kinesthetic learner and a kinesthetic teacher. How about if we add this to the trauma work we're doing? And it was just like, boom, all of a sudden it, it hit and it took. And the funny thing is, is when uh, you teach elementary school, you have to know how uh, a young child develops and all mm -hmm. the stages of that. Well, I happen to have a developmental attachment wound. And because I had the background of knowing what the stages were, and I had the kinesthetic that works great for those stages, it finally helped lift me out of it. And what I found now, I work with mostly nearly retired and retired women, and some of them have attachment wounds, and there's kind of generational reasoning behind that. But I kind of, it's kind of like the old TV repairman that knew exactly what tube to tap. <laughs> and it's kind of like that. It's like, I know where to look. I, at least a good place to get started. Everybody's a little different. And I can help them through that quickly because these grown women, they, they've raised families, they've run households, they've had careers. It's not that they aren't capable of life. It's just... It's just, they never really got that piece. And with it, wow, watch out where they can take off to now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
And I, you know, I, I really like, you know, what you shared. And when people are coming from a place where they are not sure of who they are, they're not sure of themselves, they, something, there's that voice inside of them that are saying, or that's saying, you know, you can do it. But there's that other voice, you know, it's like that, the, the battle between the conscience and the subconscious saying, well, don't you realize that you have a disability or you have a dysfunction or something is not working well? What makes you think that you can do it? And then they lose their senses. They lose the worth. They lose the, the desire to be really what they always wanted to be because that voice overpower the positive part. So how do you help them come out of that fight just so they can stand strong for themselves? Well, um, I have a little note on my page and it kind of refers back to my first grade and fourth grade teacher was, I'll believe in you until you're able to. I'll hold that space for you. And then, you know, when you're ready, you know, at what I, I don't, you know, on the computer, how there's a zoom in and a zoom out button. Well, that's kind of how I look at life and look at their lives. I can zoom out and see a bigger perspective of what's going on. And I also can zoom way in and catch lots of little details. And I think if what I, what I try to do is to reframe where they are and then break it down into tiny, tiny baby steps. And just, and I, I, I kind of have a, a general personality, but there's also that nudge there that's not gonna let them get away with not trying. But what I do is I help them with the little baby steps so they start to gain some confidence. And then I give them a safe environment to practice in. And then when they're ready, I give them the nudge out into the deeper water and they're ready by then to take off. And yes. then they feel really good about themselves because they know they've done it. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and allowing, you know, by giving them that space, it allows them you to step into their grace, right? Right, right. And this, you know, I've, I could have one lady in mind, she didn't even think she had any talents. And, and like I said, I come from a faith background and I believe very strongly in, in gifts and talents. And this woman was a tremendous seamstress. So we started right where she was. She knew she could sew pretty good. And, and we, I brought her into this women's meeting and I says, okay, why don't you start out and lead us in a little devotion today? You know, you can just read it right out of a book, it's fine. Well, she wasn't sure. And then I says, well, why don't you get up and just tell a little about of yourself to the group? And she did it. And then, then she started feeling, I kept pushing her in, in her seamstress and what a great job. Well, finally where she ended up is she was uh, led a small breakout group at a retreat, teaching other women how to quilt and they created a, a quilt for me out of it. They created a <laughs> banner for the church. I mean, and she just kept coming back more and more. And she kept on saying, I'm in deeper water now, Jill. I'm in deeper <laughs> water. Because so first we took the dough in, and then she kept going out and out. And, and when she got done, she knew she was doing a good job. 
Yes, so yes. That's what so. I like to do. Do you, you do the retreat in in the group that you have or the retreats are usually done outside in person? Well, actually, actually the, the retreats were back around from 1997 to 2004. And I just was going to start my first re revision of retreats. Um, last year in April, I was going to do a retreat in Florida with another gal. And then of course, COVID hit. And I'm just now getting ideas for a new retreat and kind of looking towards late summer, early fall, but you know, will, will COVID allow us to or not? So mm -hmm. I'm kind of just, it's just in the formative stages now. So um, I, I'm, I'm ready to go with, the thing is, is I really like technology. So if I go tech, that's okay. <laughs> and you know um having the retreat it's such a powerful platform for many people because it allows them to you know to show up for what they believe but really showing up for to take care of themselves because now it's not just one person it's a whole group of people getting to know each other and supporting each other and empowering each other. It's so powerful, huh? Well, I'm, I'm kind of a deep person by nature and a retreat, you're kind of off by yourself. You're away from your other family responsibilities and it's a long enough time to really get into something. And it's not that our thing and quickly get off the air. It's mm -hmm. you've got time to really work through something. You got a little time to begin to know people, you know, with, between your meals and your sleeping arrangements and whatever that, and sometimes, you know, real bonds can form and that they can help each other. Just because mm -hmm. I'm the director doesn't mean that it's all based on me because there's so many things happening. I couldn't begin to, to, to organize all of that, mm -hmm. a lot of synchronicities and mm -hmm. you just get out of the way and like God do his thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, you know what I really love about about the, the the retreat style as well is the fact that, like you said, there's that connection to care that's in it. You know where you get to meet new people, but that those people that you get to meet, they later become a family because there's so much that we do and we support each other, we come for each other that hey, this is a long time family member. We we didn't know that we get to know during a retreat. <laughs> That's absolutely true because one of the women that I knew from back in my retreat days, she actually came to five of my retreats. She's now a woman in my in my class that I just started two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's a, that's a long connection. And, and it's, it was so fun to see how she had grown from where she was when I first met her, that I saw her at those seed places. She was taking an LPN course at the time and she was really nervous and scared. And she met another nurse at this retreat 
and it helped her. And now she's had a whole 25 years career as a nurse, you know, and now she's helping other people. So to watch that growth, you know, to have a, a seed and have the fruit remain yes. is a real powerful thing. So, yes. I mean, that when that happened, I'm getting goosebumps just telling you because that was another layer to help me with my self-worth that, you know, you, there's still times that you struggle, even if, you know, I feel so much stronger inside, there's still that time, you know, we all kind of do it, you know, am I really, is what I'm doing worthwhile? And did I, you know, like the old, uh, the Christmas one, uh, the, it's a wonderful life. Is it, did my life really make a difference? And we all, should be asking that question so yes yes Yes. those powerful questions are important to ask because you know we know for sure that we all have purposes to serve in life in many lives you know those around us but sometimes because we get scared to carry the the load (laughs) you know we get scared to to know the unknown so instead we just you know we we drop out of you know it's like we drop out of college (laughs) you know (laughs) play it safe yeah yeah whereas you know there's always a way so um if you were to help inspiring our listeners this evening what three tips would you like to leave them with three tips um I, I think of the quote to thine own self be true and that that's really important whether it's how you dress how you look what food you like just really be true to who you are and um The next tip a friend gave me is she said, you know, she put up two hands and said, life's this long and you're right about here. And so that kind of leaves only so much time left that none of us know how long it is. So really, really take in all that you can right now, right here where you are at this moment. And my other tip that comes from my dad, he says, whenever you pull in a parking space, know how you're going to get out before you get in. And it's kind of like, think through before you you step, you know, yeah, but go ahead and park, but you'll know where to go from there. So those are my three tips. That is, that is powerful. You know, and I like the last one. (laughs) We definitely need to be true to ourselves. And, you know, sometimes we, we fall behind that because we feel like we have to show, come up and show off to many people for something that we are not, a facade that we are not, you know? And when we put ourselves for with the authentic way that we are, the flaws that we have, things go better, you know? Yeah. And there's no worries, you uh, know? I, I'm a recovering people pleaser. So, you know, you can do so much 
trying to please somebody else. And the, uh, the weird part is you don't even necessarily please them when you're trying. So you might just as well be true to yourself. And what a what a, a burden off of your shoulders when you can just, just be you. Absolutely. And the parking lot one. <laughs> I mean, we it just last night I was um, having a live on in Clubhouse. And one of the things we talked about is, you know, being able to problem solve, especially when we are trying to develop the inner CEO in ourselves. And, you know, developing it doesn't mean that we're talking about you know having a business be the director or the president of a company no you could be the ceo of your mindset of yourself of your home you know of your life you know you just have to have the the attitude the action and the, the focus for it right and one of the things i talked about um when i was talking live is that you know, we also need to stop assuming the things we don't know. And I'm referring to the last tip that you shared, because, you know, we may think the parking space is big enough for us to, you know, park. And then when we open the door, here we go scratching other people's car. <laughs> You know, because we did not really measure it right. We yeah. assumed that we were going to fit in. And a lot of times we do that. We assume that we will fit in in any crowd that we go in. So it's important to not assume, but allow yourself to evaluate and know the facts before you go in and you make decisions, right? So I really appreciate that you share those three tips with us you know in this audience so people who are listening can take to great value and start using them in their everyday practice because life is about everyday practice we don't just do things one day and keep on going because when we do act like that we forget easily but when we practice things that's how we build, you know, um, the mastery that we want. It's because we become consistent in our practice. We do it over and over and over and we get better at it. So if we get to practice those three tips that Jill has shared with us, then it will be good for you on an everyday basis. And guess what? You won't have to wait for validation from anyone and you will be true to yourself and you actually will not have to assume anything you just know that it's right what is right and you'll know when it's not right either so jill if people want to connect with you where can they find you well i'm on facebook under uh facilitating transformations for women i'm also on instagram i'm the kinesthetic coach and i have a podcast called the geeky grandma with an encouraging nudge oh, i love that name <laughs> what inspired you to call it that way well i well i am a grandma of five almost six okay but, but you know you think about grandmas in a rocking chair and knitting but me uh, my office here is like an animation studio it's got more <laughs> bells and whistles than, than you can imagine and you know, it's a little of an oxymoron, but it says I'm still here, I'm still alive, and mm -hmm. I'm ready to 
to meet you. I love that. I love that. Well, Jill, it was a pleasure having you on the platform. Ladies and gents, that was Unleashed Unapologetically with Jill this evening. So please make sure you take notes of everything that was shared and you follow those three tips in your everyday lives. Good night, everyone.